Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Today, uh, I've got here with me uh, a friend of mine by the name of Brian Silvestri. Uh, hello, Brian. Hello, Will. Good afternoon. Uh, Brian actually, uh, actually never, you never did a homeless trip. No, with I me, didn't. No, but, I did not. But you did. Uh, we shared a trip um, that we led, uh, our nonprofit led to uh, Puerto Rico mm-hmm. two months after Hurricane Maria a couple years back. Yeah, over Thanksgiving. We led a relief trip. Yes, we did. And while we didn't live homeless, we did go to a pretty rough neighborhood, right? Oh, yes, we did. Yes, there were some definitely scary moments uh, in Puerto Rico uh, when we were uh, walking around some of the local neighborhoods. Hey, well, with that in mind, you know, our last podcast, we talked about this character I met in San Diego by the name of Crazy Ted at Ocean Beach. And he had issued me this challenge. Hey, Will, you know, if you want to find your friend, why don't you live homeless? And and I had some similar fear because I've never lived homeless before. Neither did I. <laughs> Never did I either. So right, and so I, I was trying to prep, trying to figure out what do you do if you live homeless, you know? Yeah, I could see that situation creating some fear. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, just in anticipation of the trip, uh, fearful. I was trying to figure out, you know, what do I do? And as I mentioned last week, I I'd read a book about the life of Francis of Assisi. Um, great book by a guy named Ian Morgan Cron called Chasing Francis, and he talks about uh, Francis, this this guy in Assisi, Italy, that was willing to live homeless for the rest of his life to help the poor. Wow. I, I was so inspired, I actually uh, flew out to uh, Italy, to Assisi, and met with some Franciscan monks to talk to them about their way of life. It's pretty pretty inspiring. So when, when Ted said that to me, I, I felt like I was kind of set up, because I had just come back from there when he said to me, hey, Will, why don't you, why don't you live homeless? So how does one, you get that information, you get inspired by this book, uh, Chasing Francis, where do you go from there? I mean, there has to be fear on that next step. What do you do? What, what, are, what are those next steps? Well, you know, I, I, as I started talking about the idea of doing it uh, to some friends, uh, one uh, friend by the name of uh, Kathleen Rumford mentioned a book to me called Under the Overpass yes. okay. uh, about a couple guys that lived homeless in the States for a year. It's kind of an experiment, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I don't know. Cheap living, save money. I don't know what you're doing. But they did this. And, and uh, believe it or not, where they lived in different cities, one of them was San Diego. Wow. So I, I actually That's referred to that chapter as kind of my playbook. Like, what did they learn? Where did they sleep? You know, it was like the uh, 101 how to live homeless. Right. Yeah. There's no college courses for this homeless living thing. Uh, So I went with that. In fact, they even said, you know, we slept at Ocean Beach. They mentioned this specific place. It's Sunset Boulevard or something right there where Sunset Cliffs. And so when I first went, I'm like, that's where we're sleeping, you know? All the best accommodations. Right, exactly. So, so, two star, one star. One star. There's any stars, uh, except (laughs) for the ones above your head while you're sleeping. (laughs) That's true. So, did this book give you the ground rules? Did you get to establish ground rules? You know, um, when you go on this on this adventure, like, you know, what are the next steps? What what do you have to do? Is there like a, a rules of engagement when you're when you're out there homeless? Well, a great question. You know, I, in preparation, like I read that it didn't give me any rules of engagement. It actually gave me 
you know, some insight. It said there were some wharf rats there that might hmm. don't don't have any food in your bags <laughs> because the rats might come out. So That's a good I, point. I just made sure if anybody came with me that I, I didn't have food. They, they might have some to feed the rats. But the, the, uh, another thing I looked to was, uh, you know, Jesus in the Bible talks about sending out, you know, 12 disciples to go help people. And then in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 10, he talks about 72 people he mm-hmm. sends out to impact the community. And, and I notice he always sends people out in twos, never alone. So mm-hmm. I thought, I don't want to do this alone. You know, I went the first time alone, but I stayed at a hotel. Right. So you you ended up recruiting somebody or people? Well, yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I it's a tricky assignment, but I I was speaking at a local church uh, to where I live, and I talked about the story with Crazy Ted, and I said, "Hey, who wants to do the cheapest mission trip ever? We're gonna fly to San Diego and live homeless for the week." I think I was at that sermon, and I didn't sign up. Uh, you know, <laughs> I saw you. I, you made no eye contact with me for some no, reason. not at that And I, uh, I did look around the room and wonder, okay, is anybody going to accept the challenge? And, I, you know, I hadn't even done it. I just knew I didn't want to do it alone. Yeah. Um, I did make some ground rules back to your question a minute ago. You know, when Jesus talked about with his guys going, like, don't take anything for your journey. Mm-hmm. Um I, I kind of looked at that as, you know, when you meet homeless people, a lot of times the first thing they do is uh, panhandle. They ask you for right. something. And I thought if I go like them, like so we decided let's let our beards grow. Let's wear scruffy old clothes. Don't take any nice new phones. Don't wear an expensive Don't, don't stand watch. out. Right. I mean, you don't want to stand out. Well, and you don't want to also tempt anybody right. that, that like, hey, your watch or your valuables right. mean something to them. You're not bringing your laptop on a trip, right? Absolutely not. Right. So we, we came up with a little packing list. Uh um, a backpack, sleeping bag, a pad, and um, you know that that was pretty much it. You can bring a phone. You don't think of things like where do you charge your phone? You homeless? Huh? I was gonna say yeah. um, there are so many things on that first trip that I I am sure you went back and you're like wow you know just like that like I'm out there I don't have a you, you don't have a charger you don't have a a plug simple things uh, uh, where are you gonna eat. Right, right. This is true. This is true. And so didn't know any of that. I did make the pitch, as I said, and, and you were there, Brian, and you, you didn't accept it, but, <laughs> but there's still time for a future trip. And uh, the, the, um, you know, the two men that came, actually probably about 10 guys came to me, but two guys, when it was time to buy plane tickets, came back and said, I'm in. Mm. One by the name of Steve Bowman. I'll have to get him in for a future podcast uh, for him to talk about it. He actually owns his own business with his brother, uh, Bowman Plumbing and Heating. And then I also invited in, um, uh, I also had a guy respond by the name of Brian Carruthers, who uh, works with a, a group called Legal Shield, and he, he accepted. And so that was it, man. That, that was my team. All right, so you set, you fly out to San Diego, you land day one. What happens next? <clears throat> yeah, day one. So when you fly from the East Coast to the West Coast, you got a three-hour variance, so you get there usually pretty late. So we got there, it was already dark, and I'm not going to start homeless the first night. So we had had a plan. Let's go to this hotel in the gas lamp district, leave all our stuff. I befriended a manager. We left all our valuables um, and a clean set of clothes to change into at the end of the week. Um, because you know, for people don't want, back. yeah, people don't want to fly back with stinky guy <laughs> who's been homeless for a week. Right. I, it's no. my guess. No, I think you're right on that one. Yeah. So, so we leave valuables and clothes, uh, main, main you know, to wear home, uh, at the hotel. And then we have a last meal Monday morning at the hotel. And then that's it. The plan is we're going to hit the street. We're going to live homeless from Monday morning to Friday night when we'll check back in the hotel, shower up and leave on Saturday. All right. 
So explain that first day. So you're, you're, it's the next day, you're walking out. Um, what I really want to get to, Will, honestly, is beyond the day is the night. I mean, your first night homeless, mm. I have to imagine. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about it, and it's pretty scary. What is going through your mind that first night? Yeah, that's, you know, um, walking. Like, for, first we had to walk because uh, the plan was let's get to Ocean Beach. Remember, I, I read this okay. book yep. that said they slept at Ocean Beach. That was the last place I'd seen Crazy Ted. That's the last place Ed had been sighted mm-hmm. by some people we knew who uh, had a dog walking business there. So we walked, but we, you know, homeless don't have a car. So we we uh, we walked uh, about seven miles oh. from uh, from downtown. And in because I didn't really know. Steve and Brian that well. We did this along the way, like, uh, hey, what's your life story? I mean, you right. got a lot of time to get to know somebody on a trip like that. You see who somebody is when you live homeless with right. them. Oh, absolutely. So so we make it there. Uh, there's the hunger factor. Uh, as I said, we brought no money. So I'm like, hey, homeless guys panhandle, I guess we'll be begging. So, Well, that had to be pretty fearful in itself. I mean, well, that's, just... that's kind of a fear-inducing thing. I mean, fear of rejection. Right, absolutely. You look like in, I mean, I'm not, you never begged for stuff, so... And I found out there, it was kind of interesting, Brian, I found out the two guys that came with me were both raging introverts, like hated to engage people they didn't know. Not the best group if you're trying to raise money. Right, right. I'm the only extrovert, and I feel like I was being pimped out. They were like, dude, go to the curb and ask for money. We'll stand here. We got your back. They literally stood behind me. Kept like, oh, go ask these people. They had a lot of advice, but they weren't willing to engage people. So how was that experience? I mean, just Oh, go- man. I tell you what, that could be a podcast in itself. Because you and I, every one of us passes a homeless guy or gal on the street somewhere, and they ask you for something. And I, I think that's worthy of a podcast podcast in itself to let's come back to that in a future okay. episode and talk about what, how do you engage people because I learned a great deal by generous people by how to respond and how I was responded to or treated good point all right so let me I want to go back to my original question first night oh I mean you're there you've walked your seven miles you've collected some money or you know again we'll learn about that in the next in, in a future podcast but that first night amongst what 13,000 homeless I mean I would be scared I would I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, my, yeah. My, so my frame of mind is that actually at that point, we've been showing Ed's picture around, engaging every homeless person we could talk to in Ocean Beach, befriending a few of those guys. And um, and, and then we decided, like, okay, it's getting dark. Time to go. And we, we headed over. It was, you know, we weren't willing to, t- you know, when you're with a group of guys and nobody mentions it, but you're all thinking it. Like, I would be like, uh, can we go back to the hotel? <laughs> right, right. You know, I think somebody said that. I won't name names. But we did. We, we walked up. I told him we got to, you know, I read this book. We got to go to Sunset um, Cliffs. And so we walked up to that area and we walked down. There's this long staircase, if you've ever been there, down to the beach. And we, we sat out, you know, did some contemplative, what did we learn today? Had a great right. discussion, mm-hmm. you know, because we were really getting to know each other. And, um, and then it was like go time. Like, where do we crash? And we were all kind of, you know, nervous, fearful, as you said. So I'm we, sure. there's a light on the beach. We just slept where the light was shining. Um, we weren't trying to hide. We were actually right. right actually trying to stay in the open and the light. Right. So, do you actually get to sleep? Do you actually get a good night's sleep? I did. I did finally get to sleep. You get pretty tired walking all day, um, and and in the hot sun. And we did the three hour time change. So keep in mind, like you know midnight in in san diego is 3 a.m right. our body clock time so yes we did but uh you know um 
that, that was a long night. I mean, we, we, we um, woke up at about 1 or 2 a.m. by a flashlight in my face, a couple cops saying, what, what are you doing? Right. What, you know, actually, his opening line was, do you read? Um, which I thought was a weird question. You know, I was like, yes, I, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, and he said, well, uh, why do you ask? And he said, well, there's a sign that says, do not sleep on the beach. And I'm like, well, I came from a different direction. So I didn't see your sign. And uh, the guy asked what I, our story was. I said, look, I'm, I'm not a poser. I'm, I'm here looking for a friend right. from the East Coast. And he asked where. And, and he, he, when I mentioned Virginia, he said, what county? And I said, Loudoun County. He said, no way. I got a brother that's a cop in Loudoun County. So all the, sudden, his demeanor changes. Yeah. Totally friendly. He said it's cool. Gave us advice. But I tell you what, man, he left and it started raining. Anybody says it doesn't rain in Southern California. I remember that 1970s tune. That's a lie. It does. And uh, it just happened to rain that night. And we, it started this long walk, man. We started walking around and we'd pass other homeless guys. And it was like the walking dead. You'd see people and it was just sort of a weird, talk about fear. Yeah. Where are we going to lay our head down? Can you sleep? Right. It's rainy. There's guys all around. And uh, it just, it, it was a rough night, long night. And uh, oh, yeah, sure. fear, fear was an issue. Well, I know you like to give application to these uh, to your podcast. So, tell me about fear. Like, how what what can we take away? What is our takeaway for from this experience on fear? That's uh, uh, a great question. I you know, we all have different fears, different things that uh, might be a catalyst for our mm-hmm. fear. Uh, for me, um, you know, we're all wired different. I I'm you know sometimes I fear scarcity or lack of making enough money. But I, I you know the outdoor stuff never really. Hmm got my fear too much. I, I actually have this weird belief because I'm uh, part of my faith is that uh, if, if I'm kind of in God's will where he wants me, that that's the safe place to be. And I really felt led, if you will, uh, to look for my friend. Um, how, how do you love your fr- neighbor? Right. Love him the way you want to be loved. So I'm going after Ed and I felt like it was a safe thing to do because right. it was the right thing to do. Right. And even if not, sometimes you got to say, is this worth risking on? So with regard to fear, like which fears are you willing to risk something for? It might be, you know, you miss out maybe on the greatest relationship if you feared rejection and never asked somebody, you know, you, you, you right. were, you know, attracted to out. Yeah. You, you would miss out maybe on the greatest business opportunity if yeah. you never took the time Your to fear risk and invest. Right, right. fear of failure. Uh, you, you, every fear involves risk. And you have to evaluate, is this risk worth me taking? And I feel like actually that's where life is lived. It, it's lived in those moments. Who wants to live a safe, uh, you know, totally never leave your comfort zone life? Uh, you know, it's 99 for one. The idea is um, leaving the safety of 99. It comes from the Bible, 99 sheep on a hill to go look for the one that's lost. Right. Uh, you know, that, and there's a risk involved in that. Yeah. And I felt like it was a risk worth taking and worth uh you know, overcoming my fear to just do it. Wow, great insight. I mean, we all have fears. So I just have um, one last question. I mean, you, yeah, Brian, Steve, that was just one night. What happens the rest of the week? Yeah, yeah. well, I appreciate the question, but uh, we got to save some for uh, next podcast, Brian. <laughs> Don't do this to with, me. Appreciate you being with me. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and I look forward to uh, our next podcast. Awesome. You've been listening to 99 for One, a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.